Well, on a Friday, of course, let us know where you were listening and how you were listening to us. Uh, we've got uh, the one and only Grant Elliott. Uh, the hairy javelin, as uh, as he's uh, lovingly called uh, on this station. Uh, the only bets you should be making is on the Saturday session segment, bets you should run a mile from. Uh, with McCarty and Elliot, uh, bet responsibly, love the show, lads. Thank you very much from the uh, for the hairy jav. Uh, actually, a bloke who uh, will hopefully uh, steer us into something you shouldn't run a mile from is coming to us now out of Costa Rica. That is Angus Hamilton. He joins us to talk Wimbledon. Morning, Angus. How you doing? I'm doing very well, mate. Looking forward to Wimbledon. Definitely my favourite event of the year, probably in any sport. Yeah, is it? What What is it about Wimbledon that makes it, for me, because I, I think about the slams, I think about the Aussie Open, I think about the US Open, I think about the French Open. But for me, it's like Wimbledon is the slam of the slams. What do you think makes it that? Mm. That's a good question. I, I think that, I mean, you look at the other slams, the, the French Open can end up with really long matches. Uh, the play's slightly repetitive. Uh, I mean, we've, we've probably moved well away from the macro era where he tried to serve and volley his way through the championship. And so it, it is a grind between baseliners. And I think the great thing about Wimbledon, I mean, it's not the fast surface that we saw in 40 years ago, but it's, it's still fast enough so that you can get a good matchup between a, a good serve volley and a baseliner. And I think over the years, there have been some incredible matches there, which are hard to match on hard courts and, and clay. Angus, we're just going through qualifiers at the moment. Who has been shown form at Queen's and other grass court tournaments? Has anyone been surprising in the qualifiers? Yeah, look, I mean, what's been amazing this year is the people I thought might have had a good chance at Wimbledon have played pretty badly in the, in the warm-up tournaments. Um, uh, Yannick Sinner is one who, who took Djokovic to five sets last year, won the first two sets and lost in five. Uh, Taylor Fritz is another one who should have beaten... Nadal in the quarters last year and really choked big time uh, to allow Nadal mm. to get out in five sets. And both of them have been playing poorly. And the surprise to me, really, and it's not an original pick, has been Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, he, he won Queen's Club in a canter. Uh, he, he did play well at Wimbledon last year. He lost a, a close four set at the Sinner. And, and I really didn't think he'd win more than one or two matches last year. And so he proved me wrong then. And I just felt it was surprising in Paris that a guy of his age could end up getting cramped. Uh, having had a pretty easy run through to the semi-finals, but I don't think that will really happen to him on grass. And uh, obviously, he's going to be uh, on, in the other half of the draw to Djokovic. And I think around the sort of 450 mark, which he can get in places, I don't think he's a bad price. Um, but I'm just disappointed that the sort of second and third tiers of players haven't been playing very well. Kyrgios is injured, Berrettini's injured, Medvedev's been disappointing in the warm-ups. Uh, Runa's played pretty well. He, he's a possibility if he got a good draw. Uh, and but really, and I think Herkaz, who people might remember, beat Federer in his last match at Wimbledon, having beaten Medvedev, and then lost a semi-final to um, uh, uh, Berrettini. He's a possibility at big price. But I, I don't really. Uh, I'm disappointed in the players I would have tipped. So I can't really tip them now. Hey Angus, where do you stand on this? Um this painting, this legends painting through the walkway, uh, and Andy Murray being left off that. You'd think if you'd, you'd think Andy Murray would have been one of the first people put on that when you're supposed to Alcaraz. Yeah, look, it, it is a slight. I only looked at it a couple of hours ago. It's slightly surprising. I, I, I mean, mm. it's uh, it is odd, to put it mildly, because Nadal only won two Wimbledon. Uh, and so Murray's in, the, Murray's in the same bracket as Nadal as a Wimbledon player, maybe not as a, a Grand Slam champion. 
uh, and given given it how many years it was between him and Fred Perry winning it, you are right. I don't think it's the world's greatest painting, I must say, either. Uh, but but uh, it is surprising. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, he's got a right to be slightly peeved, but he's trying to take the uh, the lack of women on it as his argument rather than the lack of him. Uh, does this settle the argument once and for all, Angus, uh, that Andy Murray is Scottish and not British? Uh, well, look, I, I've never claimed to be English. I think when he first came along, he was co- accused of being English. Uh, and a lot of people would say that. And of course, in the US, they tend to word the, use the word English to describe anyone uh, from uh, from the United Kingdom. Uh, and so that that confuses the issue. But no, look, he's certainly Scottish. He, he's not only, but he is British as well. And I, I don't think you could argue he's Britain's finest ever sportsman. I, I just um, thought it, uh, it used to be Scottish. that if he lost, he was Scottish. And if he won, he was British. That was how the UK media used to treat him. Well, I think there's an element of truth to that. The, the UK media goes so heavily on a on somebody who loses, uh, and and yet we like a good loser in the UK. So it's quite a complicated situation. But uh, yeah, look, I think he's the finest sportsman uh, the Isles, and or, or you probably Ireland Irish would like to hear it, but it's one of the British Isles ever produced. Really, the fact that he can hold his end of the, uh, at the top against these all-time greats. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a staggering performance, really. I I'm slightly of the opinion, I saw this happen to Hewitt and Edberg, that you should really try and retire near the top. But I suppose Andy Murray is proving that you can still fight back from a career-ending injury, have some surgery and still play at a reasonable level. I think his problem is he can't really do it for two weeks over five sets. Speaking of fightbacks, Caroline Wozniacki has announced her comeback to the sport at 29. She has a wild card into the US Open after taking a break to start the family. Can she, Formula number 1, get back to the top? Well, 29 is very young, uh, and of course, mm. I, I think she can. Um, she was a very defensive player. I don't know how much of you saw, but she was remarkably defensive. And I think if she could come back and be a bit more aggressive, uh, she, she could certainly try and win another one. Kleister's managed. Kleister's won the U.S. Open her first, first tournament back uh, after becoming mm. a mother. Uh, and Wozniak, as we know, managed to win the Australian Open, but he, she was just so defensive. I did, I did see her on faster services getting absolutely destroyed because that can't really work. You've got to have some aggression to your play. But despite that, she was a brilliant athlete. I think her father was a, a, a you know, top-class footballer, and uh, it, it showed. So Wozniak was a, a, a supreme athlete. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, there's no reason why she could get near the top. I mean, let's be honest, the women's game at the moment is quite open. Uh, I mean, mm. Swiatek hasn't really proven herself on grass yet. I mean, it'd be interesting to see because she lost quite disappointingly last year. There's an injury doubt about Ribikina, and I just feel that there isn't this sort of depth. There's a, a slightly erratic form, again, with the second-tier players. So there's still an opening of someone who's only 29 to come back and, and prove herself. Angus, before we let you go, mate, um, tip us out. Who, who have you got? Where's the value, men's and, and women's draw? Well, look, in, you know, it's funny in France, I did say Kachanov, who in the end was the guy who gave Djokovic the closest, closest battle. He was a bit unlucky, he ended up in the same quarter as him. Um, I, I mean, this is, this is tough. I mean, I, I do feel Alcaraz isn't value, but I do think he's going to take quite a lot of beating in this. If we're looking for an outsider, I mean, really could go right the way down the betting and you could find someone like even Tommy Poole, who's playing well in Eastbourne this week, he said he's a good player in Australia, and I think the surface does suit him. Uh, but Hercaz, as I mentioned earlier, I would have thought he's my value pick. $46, uh, he yeah. Hasn't played. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping you'd get a better price than that, but he, he, he's still someone who could do well. Women's more open. I mean, I was thinking Pecula could play well, but then again, she's been disappointing in the warm-ups. Warm mm. um, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for Corey Golf to, to come through. Uh, as, in, as we remember, this is where she made her big splash, got through, lost to Hallop, uh, but beat, beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon. And really, uh, there's no one around there at the moment. I mean, much of her would have been my pick, but I'm a bit disappointed not to see her play since the French. 